All right. I think we're ready to record and go to the Facebook Live. How long is this, by the way? Uh, three hours. Is that okay? Oh, perfect. Okay. Man, <laughs> anything less than two, I'd be like... Yeah. You'd have crossed the street for less than two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so we're going to start the Facebook Live. We're going to yeah. start the uh, recording. Uh, it is Carcoon Carney. I'm on Morgan, uh, right by 31st, outside of Kimsky in Bridgeport. That's Chef Juan, and in the back seat, I have Mike Gebert, the editor of Fooditor. We're going to talk about the Fooditor 2019 uh, compendium that is newly out, but we're also going to eat Kimsky food. We've got it just decked out on my dashboard. But before we do any of this, oh, there's Fooditor 99 right there. Uh, before we do any of that, I should mention Carcon Carne is presented by the Autobarn Mazda of Evanston. If you're watching this on Facebook Live this Saturday at the Autobarn Mazda in Evanston, a live recording of Carcon Carney. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to be inside a 2019 CX-5 in the showroom That's on awesome. the floor. That's so awesome. <laughs> we have two live performances happening that day. Hi-Ho, which is Jillian McGee of the Chicago band Turnspit, will be performing live. Also the band Outrageous, a handful of members of that band, will be bringing instruments into a CX-5, <laughs> performing live as we record the podcast. Come out and hang out. It's really, it's open to all. That is Saturday at Autobarn Mazda of Evanston and uh, the CX-5 has the iActive all-wheel drive. It's standard for all the 2019 CX-5s. Uh, so is Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. There we are. Let's eat some food. Let's do it. Okay. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show. You want to start with uh, everything well okay so mike back there is the editor of food editor and one of the restaurants that is included in the food editor 99 is kimsky and he describes the restaurant as a counter service korean polish street food joint helmed by you that's me chef Wan kim uh kimsky is a modernist beer hall combining craft brews including their own mars beers they have a tap room not far where's the tap room uh the mars tap room yeah oh it's like a mile and a half uh, south and a little little west. Okay. Uh, with Hardy Copo Fair. Did you make up Copo? Is that really uh, a thing? Ed and I did, yeah. Okay. So my business partner, Ed, who also runs a tap room, and the gallery down the street, uh, Co-Prosperity Sphere, uh, which is literally down the street, uh, he came up with it. We're kind of like tired of saying Korean-Polish, Korean-Polish, Korean-Polish. So we're just like, what are the first two letters of each culture? Co and Po. Let's just go with that. It's way easier. Again, I'm adjusting the phone here. You don't need all of I want to make sure I get you in there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Hardy Copo Fair. It's the kind of unpretentious cross-cultural good time with a beer and an egg on it that you can only have in Chicago. I believe that's true. When I was explaining Kimsky to friends today, saying I was going there, there's this is so Chicago. Only in Chicago could this exist. <laughs> I, if I were to go to Oklahoma City and look for this, I wouldn't find it. Yeah, I wouldn't trust it either. If you <laughs> found it in Oklahoma City, uh, that would be the last place I would trust anybody to make Korean or Polish food or the hybrid thereof. So let's talk about the hybrid. I would say unprecedented, the Korean-Polish. Where does that come from? Is it your your upbringing? Uh, no, absolutely not. My upbringing is 100% Korean. It's actually Ed and Mike, the, the sons of Maria, who's actually working. I saw her. And still working. Yeah, she's, she's still checking IDs and giving us life lessons uh, <laughs> as she sells the cigarettes. And... Uh, <laughs> She is uh, the matriarch of the whole operation, and 
her sons are Korean and Polish, and they used to run a industry Monday night thing mm-hmm. where um, they would just have like shitty Polish sausages, packaged Polish sausages, jarred kimchi with some mustard. And you know, if you buy if you bought like a PBR, you get like a, a Polish sausage with some with some stinky fucking cabbage on it, <laughs> and that was like a thing, you know. And I would come down and I would partake in the Monday evenings and have a good time. And um, it just kind of took off from there. Other chefs would offer, you know, making their own kraut or making their own cabbage, making their own kimchi, making their own mustard, making their own sausage even. Um, I kind of came through and said, well, I'm, I hate seeing freeloaders and I want to just control how people take free shit and did like a fake plate up of a Polish, like a soigne Polish sausage plate. And they kind of had an idea and they already had the expansion planned. And they just kind of asked me several times. I said no many times. <laughs> and then in a moment of weakness, AKA when I was probably pretty wasted, mm-hmm. uh, as I typically used to do there, um, I said yes. And here we are. <laughs> no, you're, not, you're not wasted now. No. Although not. there was a, a pre podcast shot. Yeah, there was a pre-podcast shot, but that was more for seeing friends shot mm-hmm. out of a small ramekin that's measured exactly one and a half ounces. Right. So if it's regulated, I can definitely make sure that, you know, I'm on the up and up. If it's regulated. Yeah. I do want to say hi to Chef Ben Randall, who's watching. Thank you, Chef. What up, Ben? For watching. A little Chef solidarity there, one chef to another. Nice. Watching him. I like how it's together. Hi, ben. Like, it's a Chef Ben. <laughs> There's a separation of Chef or Ben. Sorry. Uh, so I interviewed Ben at the Reader. Oh, did you really? Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good dude and a talented dude, too. That's awesome. Uh, so walking into this place, Kimski, from the street, you'd never guess what was happening in there. <laughs> Some people think uh, it's like an art gallery. Uh, you would never guess. I mean, it looks I, like a fucking skateboard ramp to me. <laughs> when, I saw the, when I saw the design... I just didn't know what to expect. I, you know, we wanted something cool and something modernist, uh, you know. But you know, we still want to be of the community. But Ed's pretty artsy, dude. He's the idea guy. Um, it's 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 a great family dynamic with between him and his brother, because his brother is so like, let's just get it done, Ed. Like, why are you, why do you need these kind of things or that kind of thing? And it's like because it'll be different from other things and. You know, you know the artist mind, the creative mind. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, it just kind of goes off and does its own thing. But then it takes someone with logistical skills to be like, well, how the fuck are you gonna put one thousand panels of bleached wood onto this thing and expose it to the elements? You know. So what we have now is, <laughs> I didn't even want the name on the door, honestly. I everything was wait, like, wait, wait, is the name on the door? I don't. I don't yeah. Think I, okay. We decided to put that in like a month later. When okay. people were just, they were like birds, you know, with like a clear window. Mm-hmm. They were just running their heads into the <laughs> fucking windows. We we're like, okay, we got to put something. Yeah, yeah. We got a sparrow you know? special yeah. tonight, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chef Ben Randall, who we acknowledged, uh, mentioned something that I wanted to mention. These new Kimsky shirts. Oh, no, can this you, is, can this you like is, lean into the camera yeah, somehow? So this is not a Kimsky shirt by any means because we wouldn't promote swear words. But this is, uh, I made this shirt randomly after, I, man, there's been a lot of, you know, terrible Yelp reviews and people kind of taking that platform and thinking they have control over small businesses. And, you know, my th- my I've, I'm used to bad reviews. I don't give a shit about Yelp. But when people fabricate stories to the point where there's other witnesses that say that shit didn't happen and they still put it out there for the world to 
technically the world to read, mm-hmm. it really angers me and aggravates me. Sure. So this happened with uh, Cafe Mary Jean with uh, Chef Mike Simmons. And, you know, he was looking out for one of his employees, a female employee. And basically the short story is that someone made an inappropriate comment and he just asked him kindly to leave. And he put up a bit, big stink, but he turned it around and made it seem like the chef was crazy. And I know Mike personally, and I know he wouldn't do that. He's going through uh, some personal stuff, so I know he wouldn't do anything, you know, to that degree that this Yelp reviewer said. And also follow this guy, Brad Bolt, who owns Neon Wilderness and a couple other bars. And his Yelp retorts are just fantastic. It's like, it's like, I just want to eat more of it. So (laughs) those things combined recently, I just kind of felt compelled to write, fuck Yelp. And you suck too. Because it's not credible to me. You know what I mean? There's guys like Michael in the back seat here who should be in the front, honestly. My bad. Um, I like having a tiny little head on Facebook. I like your lean, too. It's fucking yeah. sexy. Uh, <laughs> now, now Mike's been sitting shotgun for the past yeah. two years. So, Yeah, I just Rosa parked him. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. wow. you know, I just kind of... <laughs> wow. Sorry. Let my people go. Yeah, this has nothing to do with the shot. Uh, this is me normal. So, uh, yeah, so I just kind of felt compelled to just make these shirts real quick for my industry friends and just be like, you know what? We can fight back, too, and we can go against this tyrannical fucking website that's been profitable for years. Yeah. Um, they just recently put out a report that said they're going to shutter soon, which is fantastic. I didn't read that. Yeah, nope. yeah. It's going to happen soon. Uh, their stocks plummeted. Huh. Because there's too many elites. Yeah. They're literally going to business. I They've tried to threaten me. And with their elite status and, and say shit like, you know, we, we're we influencers and we have this X amount of power. I'm like, bitch, you work in a fucking cubicle or you work at your or you live in your mom's basement. You are fucking nobody to me. I don't give a shit. I don't get to go to your job and critique your 20 minutes of performance in an office when you're trying to cut yourself. You know what I mean? Like that. If I don't get to do that, it's not fair that you get to do that to me. And, and this you know just I mean? speaks to a universal truth. Never read the comments. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. But they are fun sometimes to troll, but sometimes it's just, it gets overwhelming, you know? I, I learned this lesson years ago, working in radio, doing nights at Q101. I would get these horrible, just awful emails telling me all the unspeakable things I should do to my mother and just terrible, like, death threats and stuff. And I would go home and I'd yes, be... Ben. Sorry. I would go home agitated and just worked up and shit, I got to respond to that. And then when I realized I, I could just let it go and not respond, it was the most liberating feeling in the world. Like I used to be like that. I have moments of that. I honestly do. 90% of the time I do. But some people need to be called out. They just they shouldn't be able to say whatever the fuck they want with no mm-hmm. with no like retraction or no kind of like ownership to that comment because they, all they do is, is shrivel when you call them out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you were so bold and brave before. Why is it that when someone calls you out, you all, all of a sudden retract and say that it's our fault? And it's, it's like our response. It's our responsibility to just listen. I'm like, no, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and there's the headline for this week's episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gfy. What's well, interesting with with Yelp for me, uh, you know, everybody says, oh, you must hate Yelp because they're all stupid. And it's like, well, they are all stupid. There's no there's no question of that. But I use it to look for information sometimes, mm-hmm. and particularly Chinatown. It's great for Chinatown because you get actual Chinese Americans going on there and talking about it. You know, there'll be 18 reviews that say, well, I eat at P.F. Chang a lot, so I really know my <laughs> Chinese food. But, you know, there will be people who actually say, oh, yeah, you can get the Lao Mao Ching power, you know, whatever. The way mom used to make it when we lived in Hong Kong. 
you know, then I know something to actually go order there, and I'm not just ordering, yeah. uh, you know, pot stickers. I'm, I'm literally just really calling out like the guys that are like, oh, you know. They start their reviews with like it was raining and like, <laughs> I really felt the clouds and there was like an energy out there. I'm like, no, there fucking wasn't. It was Tuesday. You came in at 4:42 and I told you to get the fuck out because we're closed. And you're stupid as fuck for not reading a sign or googling this shit. You're a fucking adult. There's no way you couldn't see that we were closed. There's four closed signs and the doors closed. Why would you? Ha- like, come on. You know. That's I know. Just, those are my. That's what I'm complaining, complaining against. Sorry. I'm kind of stressed out sitting next to you tonight. <laughs> Don't be stressed out. No, this is... I want you to feel comfortable. I'm a little... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank God the camera's on way down. You know That's what I'm right. Yeah. Uh, Epic Deli says, hey, guys. Epic hey. Deli, uh, if you look on a map, they are geographically on the other side of the planet from where we are right now in Bridgeport. Oh, nice. So uh, Rogers but one Park. Of, <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Uh, one of my favorite places on Earth, Epic Deli. Is it uh, or something? I'm, I'm assuming that is uh, Tyler Wildley, proprietor. <laughs> Uh, who no, where I are they, to... really? McHenry. McHenry, yeah. Oh, that is so close. go north and keep going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hit I... the tri-state, keep going. <laughs> Past Libertyville, keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin border. More or yeah. less. Yeah, hour yeah. 15 minutes away from here. Yeah, and, yeah. at this time of day. These are, these are parts of the world that I haven't been to since my kids grew out of whatever museum is near there. You know, those days we... There's were, a train museum up there. The train. Oh, oh, we know the train museum well. We saw Thomas at the train museum many times. The Volo I Auto Museum is out there. Yeah, oh, is really? which is a delight. They've got a classic drive-in theater. Wow, can't find those in many places anymore. I digress. Let's talk about the yeah, food because we've got food sorry sitting on the dashboard. Head. We'll talk Fucking more about hell, the restaurant. Man. We'll talk a lot about the food at our ninety-nine sure. for twenty nineteen. But I, it would be a crime and a sin to let this food just get cool as we're talking oh, here. No, it's all good. These uh, biodegradable things that we overpay for—they keep this shit hot. Okay, <laughs> it's so expensive. So, all right. Chef Juan, you are yeah. our guide. Yeah, so uh, let's go through this buffet. So we have here uh, the Maria Standard. This is what kind. This is our re-modern interpretation of what started the whole story, the whole dialogue with Korean Polish. You know, your classic uh, kielbasa-style Polish sausage. It's our recipe, but uh, Makowski down the street makes it for us. The the Queen Sausage of Chicago, mm-hmm. the new Abe Froman. Um, <laughs> so uh, we make our own kraut. Uh, it's our own recipe that. Uh, co-op uh makes up north for us uh we went through a lot of koji starter went through a lot of red cabbage went through a lot of recipe tasting and we decided to come this is our final uh kraut uh the bun is from spoken bird in pilsen uh we make our own soju mustard wow um uh, st- uh steep the seeds in some soju cook it with the cook it down and, and what is soju uh soju is basically korean's vodka okay it's like a spirit it's a distilled spirit Usually made with sweet potatoes or rice. Okay, this sounds delicious already. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, it's very dangerous as well. Um, <laughs> and then next to that is one of our specials today. We have a lot, a lot of daily specials. Uh, we decided to go 100% Polish today. We did, we have our own rendition of uh, gawankis, which are basically Polish cabbage rolls uh, with a meat chili sauce. Uh, next to that is our kopika. This is on our winter menu. It's basically Polish dumplings, uh, kind of reminiscent of gnocchis, mm-hmm. uh, potato, uh, flour, egg. Um, handmade, uh, blanched, and then uh, refried, uh, refired, I should say, uh, with a bunch of fennel, uh, confit fennel, uh, pickle fennel, fennel butter sauce. We have our classic wings. This is one of our most popular uh, menu items. So uh, as we were waiting yeah. to, to come out here, a guy walked in, a regular customer. He said, uh, I got to have the wings. Yeah. Had those last time. Yeah. Got to have those. Those were amazing. Yeah, they're fun. Okay. Uh, we smoke them. We get, a, we get the wings from a good source, and then uh, we smoke them first to kind of render some of the fat. 
uh, get the skin nice and uh, crisp, uh, get a little flavor in there, and then we deep fry it again, and then we sauce them. Um, it's our own sauce that we make in-house, uh, rice vinegar based. And then what's the other shit? I forgot. Oh, the poutine. The poutine. Oh, the poutine. Uh, <laughs> you know, handcuff fries. Uh, we make uh, the kimchi that we have that we make in-house. We save the juice and we make a gravy out of it. Um, and then we top it with uh, more uh, crumble queso, uh, some pickled red onions to cut through some of the richness and some scallions oh and all that shit. Mike, is your mouth watering? <laughs> He's I had the food yes. plenty of times. I've had it, awesome. but I'm still yeah. like, and then, uh, can we open the food already? The, 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 curds, the curds are white cheddar, Wisconsin white cheddar cheese curds. Um, I don't know where you want to start. This is like a um, I guess we'll start with the wings. So I'm going to hold this up for people watching on Facebook Live. These are... Yeah. Those are the wings. And we got pierogi. Those right? are what actual wings should look like. They're not jumbo size because... Oh, the smell. They're oh. not full of steroids. And it's not fucking <laughs> weird. Yeah, I've smelled it so many times. I oh my goodness! This shit. Ah. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna grab one. Yeah, please do, Mike. Certainly. Thank you. And then this is the the poutine. Uh, Everyone grabs a fork for that. Yeah. So if you need forks, we got forks right so here. So this is fennel on top? No, that is uh, just scallions. Just scallions, scallions okay. and sesame seeds. Mm. And the sauce is um, sesame seed oil, some uh, fresh ginger, fresh garlic, some rice vinegar, honey. Um, you know, wings sometimes are like yeah. just like a hot blast, and these are really nice. There's just there's a lot going on here. They got heat, but it's it's mellowed out with different flavors. Yeah, we don't want to blow anyone's palate out. You know, like yeah. I, I've gone to some places unless like that's what we're known for. You know, like if you go to like uh, like a Szechuan peppercorn heavy place, like you know right. what to expect. You know, uh, with us, like we want to make sure we're palatable to a lot of tastes and a lot mm -hmm. of walks of life. Especially, you know, we want to serve the community, and they're used to kind of meat-heavy, um, centric things. So we want to make sure we adhere to some of those rules and, you know, kind of, you know, make sure we can be palatable to everyone, you know? And, and that was one of my questions, too. I mean, a place like this feels like it might be more at home near Wrigley Field as opposed yeah. to Sox Park. <laughs> That's funny because I actually live by Wrigley Field. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, was a, I, was a, I was born a Northsider, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, you know, like it's doesn't matter what part of the city you're in. I, honestly, like, it's just, you know, th th this is food that's simple. We just we just try to make it better, <laughs> I guess. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. we, we all we all have good backgrounds uh, as far as our training goes with food. Could have you hit me in oh, there. Oh, yeah, of course. And, you know, we want to, we still want to abide by the rules of good food, you know. Make everything from scratch. Source as locally as possible. Try to get good organic wings. You know, make sure a protein source is good, mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature, and still be affordable to the neighborhood. You know, I think a lot of times, uh, a lot of restaurants get, not faulted, but they get blamed for higher prices. But it's like, what a lot of people don't realize is that we get, you know, we got to pay the farmers. We got to pay the local yeah. guys. We got to pay all these guys, you know, for their, for their services and stuff. So we're, we're trying to be that crossroad, you know? I think that's what's really, one of the things that's so great about Chicago dining right now though is you've got guys who are concerned with all those things and they're still making $12 things right you know it's not you know maybe it's a couple bucks more than it would be you know to get wings at, at whatever bar that takes mm -hmm. them out of frozen out of a bag but it's really good food that is at a you know very reasonable I have that and some beer kind of price Mm -hmm. And you know the amount of care that goes in that stuff. That's that's you know if I do this book for any reason, that's why it's because I love those kind of places, and we've got them all over the city, and 
you know, that's that's just, it's a beautiful thing. So this is what we call reset in radio. If you're just joining us on Facebook Live, that's Mike Gebert in the back seat. He is the creator, editor, and man behind the Fooditor website and the Fooditor 99, the annual uh, review of Chicago restaurants. That right there is Chef Juan from Kimsky. Oh, hey. We're eating his food. And Mike said it. We're eating the wings. Uh, he said it beautifully. Wings sometimes are just hot for their own sake, and that's just your takeaway. My first bite of that wing, holy shit, there was just so much going on. I made you swear. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I did my job. Just, it was complex. And there were flavors I didn't instantly recognize in there, too. Well, that's great. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, this is this is my upbringing and that sauce. And I remember I asked my mom how to make, you know, the classic, you know, you know what wings I'm talking about? I actually don't know how to say it in Korean, but it's like the Korean-style wings. They're very uh, sticky, mm-hmm. uh, heavy, uh, heavy on the the sweetness. And I, growing up, I hated the sticky. I just yeah. don't like sticky yeah. anything. <laughs> so um, I try to incorporate some of those flavors, but not, but have my own twist on it. So it's not like every other Korean restaurant wings. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I think part of the smoking, you know, that that kind of um, speaks well, to that. Well, that that flavor comes out instantly too. Yeah, good. That smoky taste. Good. That's yeah. that's delicious. Uh, so, Mike, you're in the back seat. You're kind of at a, a deficit. Hi. As as you need stuff, ask for it, and we'll we'll send it back. <laughs> yeah, open some more of this food. Dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, let's try the Copica. <laughs> okay. So these you know, are our dumplings. Uh, we uh, we use double O flour. Uh, we use chipper back potatoes. Um, we uh, make our own. We make our own fennel stock to cook uh, right at, right on the line so that we can make the sauce. We use cold butter. Again, it's like our French method of adding cold cubes of butter to make a, a emulsified sauce in, while in the pan cooking. And then we top it with some pickled fennel again to kind of uh, cut through the rich some of the richness. Um, but this is like a homey dish. You know, it's another Polish dish that's uh, common in a lot of the buffets and like some of the grocery stores you might go to i'm trying to soak up all the butter i can the more the merrier Uh honestly and uh again these are principles that are are applied in all cooking you know you got to have an acid to go balance the fat you know you got to have um richness for saltiness uh, you know fatties you know things like that that's this is all things we think about not just blowing out a palate or making Mm -hmm. sure something tastes 100 percent korean or 100 percent polish we're neither you know what i mean we kind of create our own genre of food and it's not because we're you know we're trying to like change the the food landscape. It's just this is the challenge that was posed to me, and I thought it'd be fun to do it, and somehow it works. And well, I want to talk about that a little bit because yeah. I think that's one of the things that's that's really cool on the scene is we have a lot of second generation people who are second generation in the restaurant business, or at least second generation in America. So they grew up eating eating the food that their parents had, but they also grew up exposed to American pop culture and they don't want to open, you know, I think of like the Chinese place with the Zodiac menus, you know, <laughs> they don't want to open that place. They want to open a place that's more like American places. So you know why? Cause we'll never be able to get as good as those Chinese Zodiac places. Like we've eaten there all, I mean, I've been eating at those places all my life and I know sure. I can't make food like that. You know, if I, even if I wanted to, you know, I still remember as a kid growing up in Rogers Park, our big adventure as a family was going for Chinese food at Peacon House. Peacon House, I was just going to say. Devon Avenue, it's east of Western yeah. Avenue. That was our thing. Zodiac menus, the, the what tea. What school did you go to? Uh, Stone School. Oh, sure. You know, I went to Clinton and Boone. Okay. Those are my schools. I grew up off of Devon. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was my big thrill. And that's what I think of when I think of those Zodiac menu restaurants is yeah. Peacon House from yeah. back in the day. I love that place. <laughs> Oh, real quick. So this is the standard. This is what set it all off. 
This is the Polish sausage. Uh, we use uh, pork shoulder in our recipe. <laughs> um, Here we go. And the kraut is uh, red cabbage that we make with uh, co-op. Um, sauce and bread up north. And it's we use a koji starter to speed up the uh, fermentation on it. My goodness. Is there a knife in there? I or think there is. Yeah, I just take it by We're all friends. Actually, there is <laughs> a knife. I want to be respectful. Yeah. So we change our menus up. Um, you know, we take, we add a few things, take off a few things, depending mm -hmm. on the season. Um, we just, we had cold noodles on the menu uh, in the summer. We had uh, a rice cakes, which is like commonly referred to as duck, mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. But um, yeah, you know, we just try to have fun with the food, honestly. Our daily specials, we just kind of flex our culinary muscle and just kind of do whatever the fuck we want. As uh, you should. <laughs> yeah, as we should. And then we started doing our four top thing. Oh, Tom Brooks says, I have dumpling envy. <laughs> You're not wrong, Tom. Mike, do you need napkins? I'm good. Okay. I grab mine. You're not wrong. All right, let me grab some Polish. On paper, Kimski sounds like it shouldn't work. On paper, yeah. In person, right. oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, it's all it's all the elements of, you know, a lot of immigrant cooking. It's salt, it's fat, uh -huh. and it's preservation, right? I mean, cabbages is, you know, salted cabbage and room temperature is used everywhere. Mm -hmm. Dumplings, you know, anything to make flour go the distance is used in every culture. You know, it's all about feeding the masses with, with with little bits, you know? Well, I remember when you were first opening it, you know, you, you said that it's based on the fact that uh, Poles and Koreans have a shared love for um, dumpling wrappers and pork, so... Pretty much. And yeah, and, you know... That's reflected in everything we do. Right. I mean... <laughs> and then you add, you know, kimchi from one and sauerkraut from the other. Yep. I mean, mm -hmm. there's that fundamentally not Pierogies really... from one, mandu in the other. Yeah. Um... Sangyapsar, um, pork belly, just, you know, I went to a, I went to a Polish restaurant on the south side that's not there anymore called, uh, Salza, Salza, mm -hmm. it was like a wood door, but they had pork fat as butter. For your, oh, as oh yeah. Do you remember that place? Smolik, I think it's yeah, called. Yeah, that's it a was fucking move. awesome. And I'm like, that's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, uh, I took my kids there and we squeezed into like, nice. like I a Santa you. Claus sleigh. <laughs> and, you know, and ate in that. Can we just talk about that sausage for one oh, more yeah, second? Oh, yeah, sure. I just wanted to show off the Vanna White, the uh, yeah, cookies. Yeah, I appreciate right. that. Um, that was delicious. I could eat I'm that every day. Like That's just... Please don't. You'll die. I will die. <laughs> <laughs> That's a concern. That is... Yeah. Mike, what do you think of that? Oh, I love Work it. in progress. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What, what, what's that? So, actually, try the poutine first. Oh, yes. So this, this is, is the a, first thing. When I walked in there, Chef Juan said, well, what, what do you guys want? I'm like, poutine. Yeah. So when we, uh, that came about because uh, I actually did poutine fest right before we opened. And a lot of people were like, is this going to be in the menu? When poutine you fest is a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. It was a thing. It was at the chop shop. And people kept asking me, like, are you going to have this on the menu? It's really good. I'm like, no, because it's, it's Canadian. It's nothing to do with <laughs> fucking Korea or Poland. Like, No. And then uh, one of my friends was like, dude, you got to put this on the menu. I'm like, I know it has nothing to do with either cultures, but, you know, you can make it sort of work that way. And I'm like, yeah, well, we can use kimchi. Potatoes are used in Poland. <laughs> A lot of potatoes are consumed. Onions, we could make it our own thing and make it work. Maybe this will be like the wild card on the menu. And we kind of reinterpreted our own version of the poutine and just kind of ran with it and... It's been one of our most popular menu items on James. James seems to have had a religious experience. I, I'm sorry, Mike. You get none of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, it's fun, uh, right? I mean, and I, I like the heat. Yeah, it's enough to make that my eyes water. Yeah, but yeah. so again, the, the 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 heat 
is balanced by the richness of the puti- of the cheese. Well, the you know cheese, I mean? yes. So it's, all, it's all it all works. It's all relative, you know. Um, yeah, that's good drunk food too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a there's a really good beer bar attached to us, so that's part of us. So you know we gotta we gotta make sure our customers are well fed. Um, I also want to note that you know going off all this stuff, having been over for two and a half years, now we have some wiggle room to do fun things. We started doing this thing called for, impromptu impromptu four top dinner. That one table that we have was was a joke table. Uh huh. We didn't think anyone would sit there. Um, so we. Now we do this impromptu thing where we cook on the fly, where I kind of put an Instagram message out there and people give me their ingredients and we shop the day of and the day before. <laughs> and we do a five-course menu based off the people's ingredients. That's hilarious. Yeah. You are your really own fun. one-man Food Network challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I was on Food Network before, too. That's Were you really? Scary. Were you? Yes. That's the only way I know how to cook. I only know how to cook when there's a lot of pressure on me. Like, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Tell me about that. What, what, what were you on? I was on Cutthroat Kitchen three times. And then I was on some really shitty show with Amber Rell called uh, mm-hmm. Chef Wanted. Um, that was a stupid fucking train wreck. <laughs> and uh, fuck her, too. Uh, Wait, do we hold those up? Yeah. So, so these are the cabbage rolls? Yeah. So that's the classic. That's another classic Polish dish, but uh, it's, again, reinterpreted in our own way. We used uh, just all beef this time. Uh at, in, in, we included not long grain rice, but like traditional Korean rice, like sushi, uh, sushi medium grain rice, in the mix, and then we kind of had some uh, Coney Island chili left over. Uh-huh. So we kind of just Get added out. a bunch of shit oh, to our own beef chili sauce. Get with out! <laughs> so that's what makes it. See, that's what's that's fun, got though. like yeah, diner got... two a.m. written yeah, exactly. all over it. That's really good. But it's fun, and it's, you know, we got the beef from Slagle. I got that same email that all the other fucking chefs get. Um, so <laughs> we, we, we pay the price, but, you know, I want to make sure that the community eats well and that they eat ingredients that can be traceable. So, you like know, the, the interesting thing about the cabbage roll, yeah, it's, it's filled with meat, but the cabbage makes it feel like it's light and yeah, not, not doing something sinful. It's, it's so evil. Uh-huh. It's so evil. It's like, my brain doesn't lie. know how to process what I'm eating right now. Because <laughs> it is eating vegetable, technically. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it's just soaked in beef fat now. <laughs> you know, but you know, anywhere you go out to eat, it's gonna be a little unhealthy, and you know what I mean. Like that's that's the joy of eating out, right? It really is. That's why that's why books like this exist. Like the Food Editor ninety nine. So much fun. Now available on Amazon. Now Correct. available on Amazon. Um, and at many fine independent bookstores, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I actually bought my copies off of Amazon, so yeah. it works. They're dangerous. Um, but yeah, Roscoe Books has it. Uh, Sparrow Coffee has it out in Naperville for people out there. Love it. Uh, other bookstores, Does I it hope. Come with a fedora. Yeah, Sorry. really. Um, <laughs> I'm crying still from the food. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, it, it, every dish you brought out just has this complex range of flavors, and they're interesting. And I. It's left on my lips and tongue. Good. Oh my goodness! I want it to be nostalgic for people too. I want I want like the home part out. That's where I learned initially. It was my mom, you know. So if it has that kind of feel, then I did my job. Well, the thing about any of these dishes, like I have it, and I think, well, I got to come back and see what else is on the menu. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's just good. it's interesting enough and different enough and vibrant enough that I, I want to keep digging into that menu. Good. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank uh, this you. This is Mike's recommendation from Fooditor. I, this is a slam dunk. Thanks, Mike. I, I love this food. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, I love that it represents what I think is so cool about the food scene right now in Chicago, this kind of fusion, this kind of second-generation second mixing it with 
you know, sort of pop culture references. Um, you know, another thing too was it's interesting. I mean, this is I redo a certain amount of the book every year, and this is one. When I first wrote about it, I think you had like four things on the menu or something, and <laughs> so terrified. I yeah, so I knew I was going to have to come back because there'd be like eight more things. Yeah. by by this year, so I did that. Awesome. Um, well, thank you. See, that's what a real journalist does. Right. That's that's exactly <laughs> right. It's funny. Uh, a friend of mine, a new friend, just moved to Chicago, uh, lived in Michigan and Washington forever. He said, "I want to get to know Chicago better. I, I, for someone who's visiting, never been here before." I know it's not taking them to see the Bean or Navy Pier. And I said, Oh, it's Cloudgate. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah forgive me. <laughs> I correct you. I said, Well, you can't do much better than just touring restaurants. And like, Chicago is all about the neighborhoods. And this Absolutely. is this is this cool place in Bridgeport that really only locals would know about. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, and, and it's funny because most of our business comes from uh, visitors. Really? Uh, yeah. We, you know, as, as much as we want to be for the community, I think a lot of people are kind of set in their ways here. You know, and you know, a lot of people go to like, you know, the five dollar five for five dollar pork chop sandwiches. Uh-huh. And it's like I can't <laughs> wait, wait, beat hang on, that. That's a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can't beat that price point. That's amazing. <laughs> I want to get fucking five pork chop sandwiches for five bucks. Like that's an amazing deal. I can't beat that, and it's and it's fine. You know, like again, you know, whether they whether they come around now or three months from now, or you know, whether I give it away for free, you know, like I. Just, you know we're here for them yeah. and you know like it's it, it is fun to see all the people come in and just the, the wonderment there's like oh we're in, hey we're in bridgeport oh shit it's like hey you're only four miles away from your house in the west loop it's not <laughs> yeah. that fucking exotic yeah. we have electricity here too dick um, yeah I, I picture people rolling through here like maybe from naperville uh, who, who bought food no in Naperville. Clue. Who, who treat it like national lampoon's vacation going through east st louis you know, they, roll them up the the best question i get is how does this work I'm like, well, I take your money, you eat, and you get the fuck out. Like, in your <laughs> fucking restaurant. What do you mean, how does this work? Now, are yeah. you more conspicuously patient with people when this happens oh, no, in real life? Not. Okay. Don't give a shit. Uh, I'm so tired of dealing with people. That's why I hired other people that are prettier and way more tolerant. So back of house is maybe yeah. a better place for you. Yeah, and, and it's funny because the back house is right where the front house is. Yeah. <laughs> Again, interesting layout to the place. Yeah. It almost has like, like speakeasy vibe. Like you got to yeah, pass no, that's, the... That's, that's, that's part of the appeal, I feel like. I feel like that's what makes it fun, too. Is, uh, there's like this grumpy... There's like this fucking curmudgeon that's like, oh, don't ask me stupid shit about the menu. Ugh. What do you mean what's good on here? Everything's good. Ooh. And then like you go into the back and you see this expansive, modern... like just open canvas for beer yeah. and solid amazing cocktails. Yeah, you have like 50 beers yeah it's insane it, it, really impressive and it looks yeah. like people come here just to drink they most definitely do they <laughs> literally just come just we to drink we are on the south side Jim. yeah <laughs> Fair um, and you know we have all walks of life here which is the beauty of it and we have all price points we have random shitty beer we have random shitty shots you know we have eight dollar you know barrel age you know shit that you know monkeys drink to like fucking you know alpaca urine fucking barrel aged you know berliner well, I, I did see that you carry uh 350 yeah. brewery beer yeah. a former guest on the show 350 yeah. out in Tinley uh, park awesome. yeah absolutely um but yeah we have all kinds of beer you know we we definitely you know we're all about again just all walks of life just we just want people to have a good time honestly despite my persona at the restaurant like i really do just want you to have a good time just don't ask stupid tired questions 
Be an adult. I, honestly, <laughs> eating the food is the good time. That, that's yeah. it. Perfect. This is Just it. Just don't ask me about it. All right, so I want to keep the conversation going. So what we're going to do, uh, we're going to pause the Facebook Live, Sorry. and we're going to go deep into Food Order 99, Car Con Carne, presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. Uh, again, this Saturday, if you're watching on Facebook Live, come join me, 2 p.m., recording on the floor. This is so meta. We're recording in a car inside the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. No! <laughs> Sorry. It's going to be amazing. Uh, so, again, to recap, Kimski, this, this food is tremendous. I, I, I'm anxious to turn the camera off so we can really make fools of ourselves. Really yes. get dirty with it. Get and face down in it. The reason why I'm even aware of Kimsky, although I probably should have been already, uh, is that man in the back seat, Mike Gebert, editor of the Food Editor 99. He puts this out every year. He he does this himself. This is a, a fantastic volume of work, and it is work. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Uh, it really is an indispensable reference guide. I just reference neglect guide. my kids for like the month of October. Exactly. Oh, it's fine. It's for the greater public. That's yeah. right. Uh, really, I mean, food writing's hard to do. I've said this for years. Mike's truly one of the best, and uh, he just knows so much about not just the food that goes on the plates, but the, the workings of the scene, the, the trends, everything going on. I can't recommend Food Editor enough, so Amazon.com for that. That's Mike Gebert, Chef Juan, uh, your food's amazing. Thank you. The whole podcast will be on Carcon Carne next week after the Christmas holiday. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. All right, let's talk about Food Editor. Food Editor. Here we go. I even brought Greatest notes. Greatest publication in the history of Chicago. It, it's suck on, the most informative, suck on honestly. an Ernest Hemingway and Saul Bellow. That's right. Definitely the most informative, in my opinion. It, it's great. And uh, just to, I probably should have said this at the uh, onset of the podcast, Mike. Mike Gebert is the editor and publisher of Food Editor. He is a James Beard Foundation Award nominee and winner and a, quote, frequent radio podcast guest. And here we are. <laughs> here I we did are. a commercial once because uh, I worked in advertising, too. And at one point, I managed to get on screen a thing that said, as seen on TV. So while you're watching it on TV, it says, as seen on TV. <laughs> Amazing. All right, so... You say it in the book. Years from now, at least 30 or 40 of these reviews will probably be the same. Yeah, I mean, it's the restaurants age in different ways. I mean, mm -hmm. there are some I definitely want to come back year after year, especially when they're new. And I feel like year two for a place is going to be more interesting and they'll have their feet under them than year one. Mm -hmm. Then there are other places you can not go for 10 years and, you know, they don't they're not going to change. Um, I don't know, I think Kimsky is somewhere in between. I definitely wanted to see the menu expand, as I was pretty sure it would. Uh, but I wouldn't say the character of it has changed very much. I think it's just more of what it was. So that's good, you know. Better to be more of what you were than less. <laughs> well, let's talk about the new. Let's talk about trends. You mentioned you know, next generation cooks and owners. The one thing that kept popping up to me as I w read through the new edition, charcuterie. Yeah, I thought we were past charcuterie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's it just kind of like became part of the background radar. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, offhand, I don't know who who has charcuterie. Some of them are places that have had it for several years. You know, Table Donkey and Stick has it, or whoever. Um, I'd have to look through and see. I don't. I don't remember typing that a lot, but uh, it, it but I believe to me. Um, well, let's talk about Oriole. For those yeah. of us who don't go out to a lot of fine dining places. I mean, th this is it That's for you. That's my favorite tasting menu in the city. It is. Okay. It's wonderful. Wait. For those of us who eat more fries and poutine than fine dining <laughs> food. Take your wife this year, man. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. It's the third edition. The first two, I really wanted to not put. I mean, Oriole has two Michelin stars. It's a couple hundred bucks per person to eat there. And I didn't want that kind of place to be number one. because I want. First of all, because everyone does that. I mean, uh-huh. anybody makes a list of the best restaurants in the city, I guarantee you. One, Alinea. Two, Oriole. Um, but beyond that... I wanted to just kind of make a point about creativity for 30 bucks to me matters more than, you know, a really fine experience for 200. Lots of people can tell you where to get that. Michelin mm-hmm. will tell you where to get that. Mobile Guide will tell you where to get that. Articles in airline magazines will tell you where to get that. So the first year I did Fat Rice as number one, which, you know, I mean, fantastic sort of weird asian fusion chinese from another galaxy kind of place uh and pretty reasonably priced the next year i did monteverde which is an italian restaurant but with some southern twinge to it and you know just uh a very very individual personal example of a of an italian restaurant again not that expensive Mm -hmm. uh sarah grunberg who runs it you know used to work at spiaggia where it was like 200 bucks for dinner and now it's 60 bucks for dinner at her place. So, you know, the first couple of years, I, I stress kind of mid-priced places. This year, I just thought, you know, screw it. It's time to just recognize that Oreo is expensive as it is. It's just really a beautiful experience. They're so nice. It's very soothing. I, you know, I compared it to like a Japanese Ryokan, which is like one of those Japanese inns where everything is very well balanced and calm and soothing and all that. And it's, it is just kind of like that. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things, get your, you know, get your extra money together, you know, say whatever, you know, take in that change jar and just go do that once a year. That's part of the experience here. But at the same time, I mean, that's really not the emphasis of the Food Under 99. I mean, I, it's, I stress it all over the place. And even in, like, the top ten, which does kind of skew toward fine dining yep. a bit, it's still, you know, a lot of them are pretty reasonably priced. Well, uh, you know, with that said, sorry to interrupt, but I kind of feel like that's part of what makes a publication like this great is that it. some people will ask and be like well what's some of the fancier places that you know that's out there that's great you know and you got to have that range and be you know like just because they're the, the the top 10 or whatever it doesn't doesn't change the fact that people are still going to want to know about them mm-hmm. and know what's exactly out there, right you know what i mean yeah and i think that's important to have that well-roundedness of like what are the fine dining places that people are talking about what what are the and on the other end of it what's like the mom and pop shop that i want to yeah. go try and that's most of with the, the book. same principles of food. Yeah, yeah. that's eat, most that's of the book. It. But I mean, that's really—it's always, you know, just a place that tries a little harder, does something a little more interesting, and it's all relative to that price. You know, the the place in Chinatown where ten bucks spent is better than ten bucks somewhere else is, you know, that's as good as being the fine dining place where two hundred dollars spent is is better than somewhere else. Sure, and, and you said it, chef. I I may not go to Oriole. It sounds great, but maybe that's just, you know, in my current situation, maybe that's, that's a bit of a stretch. I just like knowing about it. I like, that's part of our cultural oh, identity is that, that awareness. I like knowing what the places to go are. So when that person comes from out of town, 
and says, "Hey, you're a local. What's the what's the best fine dining right. place?" Oh, well, oh, yeah. or, I saw in Fooder and you know, <laughs> Chef Juan said, "I'm never going to go to Australia, but I want to know that it's there. I want to see what's right. out there." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, like today, I was getting around a truck and then I saw those awful lights go off and I'm pretty sure I got a ticket today. Oh. And you know, <laughs> it's the kind of thing where it's like we put up with so much living in the city. Oh yeah, I paid a million dollars for a crappy little wooden house that's you know about about the same size as its garage and stuff like that and you know you, you put up with a lot to live here so you might as well take advantage yeah. of the great stuff i mean you, uh, I you totally know, agree go eat you know go eat the interesting immigrant food go see the cso or venia you know lawn seats are 10 bucks uh you know go you know see it's See a Bulls game, whatever it is, benefit from living in the big city because otherwise totally you should just move to Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and you'll have a great big house for the same money. So. Yeah, what's the point of living in a city this large and not taking advantage of its resources um, or staying within your own like bubble? Like that's just you know yeah. that's that's so fucking boring. Agreed. Like whenever I whenever I went to New York uh, pre nine eleven. Or, like, heard about people that live there. They're always like, oh, Brooklyn? That's so far. I'm like, that's just a <laughs> yeah. fucking bridge. It's so <laughs> close. Like, you're you're excommunicating a whole region that's right. within walking distance almost just because you don't – because just because you're lazy. That's and it. unadventurous. You know what I mean? That's it. It's really weird. And that's how this city is. Like, people in Logan Square, like, the, the realtors, the developers came in and created this weird safe haven within their own neighborhoods. And it's like, well, why do you need to go anywhere? Look, you have a dry cleaner, you have a restaurant, you have a cool bar all in one strip. They're trying to turn this whole place into a suburb, yeah. which is why I love Bridgeport as it is right now. We don't have a lot of that. You know, you don't see a lot of new development here. But, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, it'll probably happen. It's on its way. But for now, it's it has its own character. It's like it reminds it's the closest thing to old Chicago growing up here that I have. Yeah. Right, so there, there's. I want to tell you a story about the first time I came to Kimsky. For some reason, I mean, explain this. I don't know. I decided it would be good to take the Ashland bus and have to walk. <laughs> Why? You know, have to walk half a mile from there and spend like 45 minutes, you know, getting here and all that. Yeah. So I'm walking through the neighborhood, and I pass this one house, and there's like. All of a sudden, the smell, I think she was like frying tripe or something like that. It was like Oof, this That is a distinct deep, smell, my friend. Deep, funky, you know, That's hills intestinal. of Sicily kind of, you know, Italian food smell coming That's out of there. That's guttural, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's a little scary, but at the same time, I'm like... Oh my God! There's like a whole Sicilian village in this lady's basement, you know, mm -hmm. in her kitchen, and and I will never know it. This is as close as I'm going to get to it, but it's just good to know that it's there. Absolutely, the city of Chicago has this. When you said it, Chef, people just need to get out. It's, I'm a White Sox fan. I love going to see games here, and the pushback I always get from my friends is, "Oh, getting there is such a pain in the ass." In reality. Even if else. you live on the north side, getting to Sox Park is actually easier. It's right off the expressway, oh, so and, close. and there's Just parking. Just as easy as Wrigley. I think it's way easier. Yeah. If, if you're in a car. Oh, yeah. It's much closer. Yeah. And you can park. Yeah. Right. But it's just that perception. Anything south of Congress Parkway. Is, but who's responsible for that, right? right. I mean, who, who, who's been telling these people, that like, you don't want to go past... Roosevelt. Uh -huh, exactly. you know, right. I was called Roosevelt the Berlin Wall. <laughs> yeah. Because you didn't Seriously, dare go. Right? And that's hilarious. You know, it's it's just crazy. And it's it's one of the things 
that's so great that these areas are. I mean, there are places I I would go to Johnny O's down the street and oh, get man. you know get a mother-in-law or a, that fucking or a pizza puff over there is bread, fantastic. A, breaded steak sandwich or whatever. Love but it's a, a it's a kind of scary place. You know, it's it's the kind of place where. You know, probably a couple of times somebody's tried to rob it, and the and the guy has just pulled out his shotgun and gunned it down or something. But, but at the same time, Southsiders are just as guilty though, because I know a lot of Bridgeporters won't go up north. Yeah. And if right. I have an event up north or something, and I'm like, hey, I need, I need some of you guys to come and support, you know, whatever, just you know, show them what's up. They'll just kind of be like, uh, I don't know, man. That's like, that's like what six whole miles? I could, yeah. I commute <laughs> ten and a half every day, dickhole. Like just fucking get on the bus. <laughs> are you are you over twenty five? You are. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is your problem? Are well, you, I, yeah. this is a Carcone Carney first. I believe that was the first time Dickhole was used on the podcast. So, <laughs> Ding, 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 yeah. ding. <laughs> You're welcome. And now a bonus round. Yeah, show Chef what he won. Uh, <laughs> all right, so jumping back into Food Editor, uh, talking about some of the repeat visits, how many times, you, I'm assuming you had to go out to eat at least 99 times in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> well, some things I carry over. And again, it's like, how often do you have to, to change it um some places i feel you know i feel fine about a review that i wrote three years ago i know that they're stable i mean i, I said in some somewhere i said you know it's like manny's you could not go to manny's for 10 years and manny's would be manny's that's the a day great example back. yeah yes yeah. um you know but generally two three years i check them out again um you know, I go to a lot of places that just don't make it. And it's really sad. November is kind of depressing for my family because I'll be like, there's this place that just opened and it might be great. <laughs> oh, it's not great at all. <laughs> so, you know, we, we go through a certain amount of that. But this year, I, I mean, I was adding them real close to the end. I mean, it's always something close to the end and I just have to cut it off. But, like, there's this place on the north side called Phenom Coffee that for some reason is a coffee house slash Hungarian restaurant. And the guys aren't even Hungarian. They're like Puerto Rican. <laughs> so I don't I don't understand this place, but it's totally charming. And it's like great. I mean, we don't have Hungarian food anyway for some reason. So it's got food that no one else has. It's, mm-hmm. it's like sweet. It's got like used books that you can, you know, buy for a Love buck it. off of them. It's in a historical building that. Just used to barely. be a rub and tug place, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Where, where is this? It used to be called Land and Touch. It's on Irving, just past like the first building not torn down for the Ken- for the Kennedy there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they left the words, you know, what, massage room number two Land on one of the doors. Touch. No something. way. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. Also, it has a wall painted by someone sitting next to you. Yeah, oh, because you're a graffiti artist. <laughs> God, I forgot that. Yeah. Well, you're all over the place. You're in Taco Bell uh, for crying out loud. I should. Yeah, I should die. Yeah, you, you're a busy dude. Uh, staying on the re- repeat um, restaurants real quick. Uh, Five Loaves in Greater Grand Crossing. I don't know this place. Nicest restaurant in that area? Um, as I attempt to talk through poutine here. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, kind of a soul food place, but in Chicago, soul food usually seems to be in a cafeteria. Uh-huh. And they're not a cafeteria. They make stuff fresh. But they're just these, you know, it's run by this sweet lady, and it was her sister, although she, the sister, has now gone on to do something else, and you know, whatever kids from the neighborhood that she's like a second mom to, and they're just all so nice, and they're, they're, you know, they have like good food that just makes you happy, and you go in there on Saturday or Sunday, and it's full of church ladies in their, you know, fancy dress. I love I mean, that. I, you know what, what? So many of these places are about is just. It's not just that there's the food there. Um, 
but you get a whole sense of other people's lives. Yeah. You know, you, you're just walking in, you know, you're walking into their movie basically and it's going on all around you. And that's great. Um, and I interviewed her and, and you know, she say, yeah. And they, they're they're They always want to give me a hug. Like all I do is hug people all day. I'm like, well, honestly, I can see why. You know, it's like <laughs> if I was depressed, I would drive here and get a hug. And for so. the record, Chef Juan, not hugging anybody. Yeah, I'm not. Anytime soon. I'm not. Just my girlfriend. No one wants a hug from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let me give you poutine back because I, I want it to go away. Thank when you. you talk about <laughs> restaurants that you know will be consistent year, two, one year, two year, three years from now, uh, is Duck in in that category? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's a guy, grew up on Bridgeport. Um, Duck Inn is in a building that he used to, you know, when he was like 10, his dad would send him over to get cigarettes and beer for him from this place, you know. So he, and then if he, like, stayed too long and played, you know, Asteroids on the machine, the dad would call up and say, where's my goddamn kid? Um, More importantly, where are my cigarettes? Yeah, where yeah. are my cigarettes? Um but yeah, I mean, and so he took over this place, and he's a he's a chef who worked in fancy places all around the world. He worked for Four Seasons and and uh, whichever other big hotel chain is is attached to the Four Seasons, I forget. Um, but then he just wanted to open a place in his neighborhood, and similar to this, I mean, he actually gets sausages made at the same place you do, McKeskey, mm-hmm. um, and it's just you know, it's like. Fat guy, happy food is huh. probably the you know the best. And way. honestly, one of the nicest people. Yeah, yeah. Chef Hickey is super down to earth and nice, um, and uh, he's just again he's just one of those another neighbor person that just wants people to honestly just have a good time and eat good food. I mean, it's really just as simple as that. Sometimes you know. So let's talk about some of the new restaurants. Uh, and I'll just have you kind of riff quickly on some of the things that caught my eye, uh, and you could talk about stuff that you think is worth noting too. Um, Smack Dab, which is, I used to live at 6742 North Lakewood in Rogers Park. Uh, I wish this existed when I was over there. Yeah, it's in a strip mall that you probably mainly noticed for having a McDonald's on Clark Street. And it's just the most adorably woke cafe. You know, everything is, you know, everything is gender neutral and you know, flower powery and all, and did all that. Did you say woke? He I did. did. I, I did. was going to call him on it, and I'm like, that's not... That's not cool of me. Is it, um, is, so is it fire? <laughs> is it what? Is, is it, it fire? Is, is it lit? lit fam? Yeah. Is it lit AF? Is it lit fambo? I can, I can see my son making fun of me now. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I mean, it's just cute. It's up It's up near university. It feels very much like something you'd see in a college town. Yeah. Again, another life that you can go walk into for 45 minutes and experience and just, you know, get a, get a little piece of that. The Tempesta Market in Westtown. Ah, oh, yeah. These guys are great. So, oh, again, so a second-generation guy. His parents have a longtime Italian restaurant on the west side, uh, Ristorante Agostino. And he went to work for places like Public and Quality Meats and so on and decided to make first Enduya, which is, this is kind of weird, a spreadable Sicilian salami. Now, spreadable and salami don't sound like they go together, <laughs> but it's kind of soft like butter. That would be due to oh. its incredibly high fat content yeah. and it's also it's full of calabrian chili so it's bright orange and spicy as heck and that sounds amazing so That's he started so making good. that, that and there's amazing. just like you go in there and there's just like a big blob of it sitting on the counter that you could go you know stab <laughs> and take a piece of 
But uh, so he now makes, I don't know, like 20, 30 kinds of sausage, brings in other sauce, salami from salumi, as they say now, uh, from, from other people in the area. And really, it's kind of like he opened a restaurant to be his demo place for when he brings in chefs to, to you know, who might want him to make something for them. You know, so, but, but you can go there and have a sandwich of it. And you're getting a great deal when you get one because if you charge someone else wholesale and they put it on a sandwich, it'd be like a $30 sandwich. Yeah. But he just piles it on and, and you know, they're, they're so good. I mean, they're really, they're conce- you know, they're not just sandwiches. They're kind of conceived like dishes. There's a balance to how things are put together. That's, that that's eggplant really nice. is magical. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? That's I don't know why you'd be eating a vegetable in there. Jesus. But uh, you can. And it's so good. Yeah, this was one of the reviews in the new food editor that jumped out at me. And I thought, oh, this is a man. place I need to know. That I need place to- is magical. Yeah. <laughs> that man knows how to fucking touch sausages. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You mentioned an Indian place that is not actually on Devon Avenue, uh, not far from Devon Avenue, technically, uh, Mango Pickle. I've driven by there a million times, and I, I just didn't think about it until I read Fooditor. Yeah, it's, uh, again, it's sort of like something you'd see in a college town. It's got that sort of, um, you know, just relaxed, slightly hip, but not too expensive feel. And then, also, I mean, the the cook is not actually Indian. Her husband is. So it's got a little bit of This that. is a trend. Yeah. Well, it's got a little bit of that that thing that you see in college towns a lot where, you know, I'm not from this, but I read a book about it once. And sometimes that's good and sometimes it's pretty bad. You know, if you go in a place and it's mostly burritos, but then they have like one Indonesian stir fry, don't get the Indonesian stir fry. He doesn't know what he's doing. Um, so this has a little of that flavor. It sounds like I'm slamming it, but it, it pulls it off pretty well. And it's just something different. I mean, Devon is a little monotonous sometimes, more than a little maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the most interesting Indian places right now, the real action is out in Schaumburg and places like that. Is that real? Because a lot of, you know, because Indians, Indians are all doctors, in case you haven't noticed. Well, I, and they all moved. They all moved. <laughs> and they area. all moved to but Schaumburg. I, just, I think of chain restaurants when I think of Schaumburg. But I guess no, this is there's... the other the other universe out there. Well, that's actually one of the things I really like about the suburbs is there's usually the alternative universe right there i mean like if you're out in the western suburbs you drive on butterfield road it's every chain known to man and yet there's great chinese food out there you just have to get off butterfield road and go hunt it up there's good korean restaurants uh, all over the suburbs yeah niles and and uh northbrook morton grove i believe i believe niles and morton grove because i went to grade school and middle school and high school in skokie and huge korean population yeah, and I, I think that population still is there. And they want to eat flavors of home. So yeah, what do they sure. do? You know, like uh, someone's going to open a restaurant and be that, be that guide for them. <laughs> same with Indian food, and same with a lot of Polish food, even. Yeah. Well, let's stay on uh, new restaurants from Food Editor ninety nine for another moment or two. What were some things that were new to you, Mike, this year that you thought, oh wow, I'm so excited to put this in print. Um. I mean, again, a lot of these, a lot of these second generation places. I love that, you know, they're doing this this mix of flavors. In some ways, it makes it more accessible to people. There's a really good example of that with Korean, um, kind of mid scale restaurant called Passaroto, which is an Italian name. Every time you mention a restaurant, Chef Juan is like I've excited. I've there. Yeah, I know those <laughs> places. They're all really good. So she calls it a 
Italian Korean restaurant, but it's not like Copo here. It's not the no. same way. It's more just kind of an Italian spirit of, you know, we're we're just gonna all come together and have this big, warm, accessible meal that anybody Italian or not can have. And the most, I mean, the most, the easiest to understand example you mentioned, like Dukbuki earlier, which is sort of spongy um, rice cakes. And she uses them like gnocchi, and but then serves them with like a lamb ragu, which is pretty Ooh. Italian. And so you've got the the Korean texture and the Italian flavor sort of mixing together, and that that's a fantastic dish. That was it's rare because I want to try as many things as possible. It's very rare that I say, "Oh man, these are so good. We need another one of those." <laughs> and we got another one of those the first time I went. Here's the interesting thing: we ate delicious food from Kimsky at the beginning of the podcast. We're still kind of nibbling at it. Should be full, but as we're having this conversation, I'm, I'm <laughs> you're like ready to go either right? five more places. I'm hearing these descriptions, I'm like, oh shit, I, I'm ready for more. The, <laughs> the tap is on, let this flow. I mean, all those places you mentioned, they're, they're really all just so good, and like you know, they have they have the the mindset of keeping the principles of like just good food, you know, and that's like a lot of places, chain restaurants don't have that. They don't think about like oh maybe we should just make our own shit why are we all <laughs> right. ripping open this fucking bag when we could just yeah. we have all the stuff down the street at a grocery store even let's just make it you know mm-hmm. well and it's one of the things that's really interesting is how fusion i mean fusion was a bad word and the chefs still call it you know the f word because it meant you know let's add cajun flavors to our pasta and then it's <laughs> it's close to march 17th so let's throw some corned beef in there too and you know um and it was just crap. And a lot of times in, in Asian food, what it meant was we're sugaring it up for the white people. And it's it's more expensive and lamer than if you went to an actual Chinese or Korean whatever Kung restaurant. chicken. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Although I got to admit. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm never <laughs> sorry when I'm somewhere that my best choice is Panda Express. Oh, you man. know. <laughs> That is just like you might as well just put some fucking Jolly Ranchers in your mouth <laughs> and, and just suck a packet of fucking soy sauce with the Jolly Ranchers. That's Panda, and just eat a spoonful of rice. But that's the thing. I mean, it's so much as it's just they had so much sugar to it. And the yeah. good example of that is like go have pad thai in a real Thai restaurant <laughs> and have it in an American restaurant, and it's just that's where you'll taste how much more sugar is in the American mm. version. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, but, so but now discovery. I think people are just doing fusion in a more interesting way. I mean, the the Passerado dish or whatever, or the Copo or or things like that. It's like, how do we balance, you know, a little of my heritage here and a little from somewhere else? Same like Bayanco. Yeah, Another a Bayanco, right? a new Filipino Cuban place. Again, the you know pork is the uniting factor between yeah. different cultures. So pork brings us together. Yes. I also painted that restaurant, but no big deal. <laughs> Food Editor 99, again, available on Amazon. If, if you're from Chicago, if you're visiting Chicago, this is an indispensable guide. Uh, at the back of the book, the classics. The, the ones that you're always asked about, Mike, that you had to find a home for. Yeah, it's, you know, it just became one of those things where I kind of felt like, what can I do to encourage people to buy the new edition each time? Because it doesn't completely flip over. Mm-hmm. And last time I did, like, what are my favorite neighborhood Mexican places? Mm-hmm. And this time I thought, I mean, I, I do get the question, well, is Johnny's Beef in there? Is Calumet Fisheries in there? It's like, no, you already know they exist. You don't need me to tell you they exist. 
But I went through and I thought, well, sure, I'll do that once. I'll do the classics and cover off, you know, so Pequod's Pizza gets in there and Vito and Nick's Pizza gets in there for a different style of pizza. And um, Lens. what all is in there. But, yeah, I mean, just kind of those classic Chicago things that you're going to have once in a while. I mean, I'm not... I'm not really telling you when it's Tuesday night and you're thinking, where can I go with the family? Oh, let's drive to Calumet Fisheries <laughs> at 95th and the Indiana border, and everybody will eat, uh, you know, will eat fried shrimp watching, you know, the barges go by. Uh, here's my Calumet Fisheries story. I was taken there a lot as a small child by my grandparents. That was a thing. Like, we're going to drive out, we're going to get, you know, to-go case of whatever, fried shrimp or whatever it was, and we'd eat and watch the barges, as you describe. I remember that vividly from when I was a kid. What I didn't remember was the name of the restaurant. Oh! (laughs) So I went for years in my head imagining that as being at Navy Pier because that was all I could place, and it didn't didn't click for me until maybe 10 years ago. Oh, wait, I think that might have been on the south side, and I actually had to Google it. Like, I had completely... it, It faded from my mind. I'm like... Oh my God, Calumet Fisheries, and then I started going back as an adult, and here we are. You know, I, I had an experience like that too, where early on, one of my first ventures way to the South Side to have something. It was a Cajun restaurant down on South Ashland, so I went to it. I kind of didn't even really remember the name. I figured it was long gone. At some point, like. 15 years after I went to it, I found out it, it had moved to Blue Island. It was Maple Tree oh, yeah. down in Blue oh, Island. Yeah. But it was still there, and it was really kind of, it's like being able to visit your dead grandparents at some point, you know? <laughs> that it's like, really? That memory? That's I could go have it again right side. now? That's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> speaking so. of Maple Tree Inn, last I heard there was a horrible fire Yeah, there. they burned down. They've opened oh, in a yeah. second building, and they're rebuilding their original building as best they can. Uh, but it was a historical building, and they had yeah. like a 100-year-old bar in it and stuff like that. So some of that's just gone forever. But it is a really nice place, and it's cool. I mean, Blue Island is one of those kind of fun, blue-collar, trapped-in-the-1950s kind of places, uh, except there wasn't as much Mexican food in the 1950s no. there. <laughs> and so, I mean, it really, that was a great, you know, I want to feel like I'm out of town, but I only have two and a half hours. You can head down there and really kind of have an out of Chicago experience and a great meal and then come back. So very true. All right. So to recap, to summarize what we've learned today, uh, <laughs> Kimsky is a must visit restaurant. Absolutely. Uh, the, the food preparation, just right. the flavor. Stop it. <laughs> The, the flavors, the, the dishes, the, the inventiveness, uh, I'm a fan of it all. Uh, this, this was a wonderful meal. Thank you so, so much. Really Appreciate wonderful that. job, Chef. Uh, and the book, Fooditor 99, Mike Gebert of Fooditor. Uh, Fooditor is hard to say out loud. Fooditor. Fooditor. <laughs> all hail Fooditor. I am Fooditor, the giant robot. <laughs> Sounds like a He-Man villain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but really, like for a lot of us who maybe in the 90s, looked forward to the monthly Chicago magazine to look at the restaurant reviews. That was the only way you could discover new restaurants. This, to me, is just that experience made better, more accessible, uh, and just more interesting. So Fooditor is the Chicago guide for restaurants. I I can't recommend it enough. And we were talking before we came out, um, Chef, was one of your staff going to go like? make it a task to go to each of the 99 restaurants yeah our prep cook margaret who actually has a indian husband as well she does uh she's korean uh she was one of those uh kind of like 
I don't want to say one of those. But she was like, you know, she's a she's a food blogger type um, person before, and I kind of challenged her to just be like, hey, you know, you know why we get annoyed at a lot of those people that set up those fucking white boxes and take pictures of food on the floor and shit. <laughs> um, I'll tell you why, because we, you know, there's a lot of care, no matter yeah. what the price point is. I, I want to challenge you to fucking be a prep cook and just see, just just take a gander of what it takes sometimes. And then she, uh, proud to say that she doesn't like a lot of those food bloggers anymore, uh, doesn't follow <laughs> them, but she's still very much into food, documents it in her own way, which is fantastic. She does her own pop-ups for South Indian food. Oh, wow. And um, she, she's an adventurer, and you know, when she, she got, I bought her, I bought my whole staff a copy of the book, and she is very adamant about visiting every single place or biking to most of the destinations. What a blast! Yeah, and she, that's that's awesome. That's that's what I want the book to be. I want it to be a guide, you know, uh, like um, like a like a like an adventure guide sort of. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> to and rediscover it, the choose city. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. It, it is, and you'll never get bored. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely, we got seventy restaurants to go. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we got to go to Pilsen tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it an adventure. And just and then I think once you start going adventuring out, you realize how small the city can be. Exactly what we were saying. Yeah. It, it is everything's accessible because you know no one really goes to Inglewood. So I mean, right. <laughs> you know, a lot of people's city scope is, ends at the back of the yards. You know, and that's only the forties right there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There still goes all the way up to one hundred thirties. The, the furthest south thing in the book, there's uh, a Middle Eastern restaurant called Al Safara Grills. It started as just like a meat counter, and they're like roasting lamb right there in the restaurant. You can tell <laughs> you can tell where it is because it's the giant cloud of smoke in the parking lot. <laughs> and they actually that. opened a much nicer restaurant, a fancier Middle Eastern restaurant. Uh, I'd have to even look up what suburb is it is but it's like on the 200s or something way down Jesus. there um and you know but uh hey you got you got an hour to drive to go eat middle eastern food it's well worth it so i'm sure it's worth it i love it uh mike you do a great job thank you for joining me on what is now an annual podcast thank you for having me annually uh chef juan i hope we're now best friends oh absolutely i can't wait to see you again <laughs> I'm sure it's possible that could have sounded less sincere, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, we're we're besties. Oh, yeah, fantastic! That's what. Wait, I'm looking real for. quick though, are you woke? I'm, <laughs> dude, I am woke and lit AF. Man, I would never have expected to hear that out of Michael Gebert's mouth. Honestly, uh-huh. I've seen a lot of things go in there, but never would I expect woke to come out of that mouth. Oh, the things we've seen go in Mike's mouth. <laughs> Where do we start? There should be a whole other 99 right there. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> it's to be 199. And so the podcast spiral, spirals down Sorry. quickly. And that, that's a good time to call it quits. Uh, thank you for listening to Carcon Carney, presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. Read Mike's book. Go to Chef Juan's restaurant. There we go. 